Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. If the title of this episode interested you, you're not alone. One question people ask me often is, how can we create accountability in our teams, in our organizations? I think that's a great question, but I think we first have to understand what does accountability mean? The dictionary defines it as an obligation or a willingness to accept responsibility, and I think that's a great place to start. It gives us a a foundation to start understanding what accountability is, but there really is a lot more to accountability or being accountable. Think of the root word here, account, like a bank account. Its very nature suggests compliance to a specific standard and measurements of some type. You wouldn't handle a bank account by not paying any attention to it or reconciling it every once in a while. So accountability is not only adhering to standards, performance of behavior, etc. It's also measuring those and tracking those measurements. But that still doesn't answer the question, how can we create accountability. The challenge here is first to understand that accountability is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a practice. It is a consistent practice. It's not a place you end up. It is an ongoing commitment to practicing accountability consistently. I'm in the process of creating a series of online courses, and I'm as of right now, I'm calling that that series of courses the EQ Fit Accountability Series. And in this series of courses, the one that I suggest people start with is cultivating accountability. You can tell by that title that accountability is something for you to grow based on specific practices, methods, and knowledge. Again, for clarity's sake, The EQFIT approach is our proprietary methodology of applying brain science, emotional intelligence, and real-world experience to create simple whole-brain solutions to complex people issues. So that's a mouthful. Let me say it again. EQFIT approach is our proprietary methodology of applying brain science, emotional intelligence, and real-world experience to create simple, whole-brain solutions to complex people issues. So let's go back and take this back to accountability for a minute. Let me share a quick story with you that I believe will help to better understand the challenges people are having with cultivating accountability. I was sitting with a group of senior leaders in a new client we were discussing their core values, the things that are very important to the way they operate, what they build their culture on. And I asked them to tell me what their core values were. 
not surprising, one was accountability. So a little side thought here before I get into the rest of the story. I have learned in my consulting work not to assume that people truly understand a specific practice or concept. So I've created this list of questions I use to help me determine what they do understand. So back to our story. I ask them how accountability is practiced throughout the organization since it's one of their core values. Crickets. Can you hear the deafening silence? I could tell they were getting a little defensive, so I diffused the situation by saying, oh, this must be an aspirational value that you have yet to fully develop. Well, immediately the temperature in the room started to drop and we went on to have a great conversation. Asking those key questions, that's critical to understanding what others understand about these really very important success factors like accountability. Understanding what something truly is, is critical to putting it into practice. And that means understanding that a concept like accountability can mean different things to different people. So think of a time in your life when you observe someone going the extra mile to make things right. Maybe that someone was you. Now, think of a time when you observe someone getting by doing as little as possible. Maybe even blaming circumstances or blaming other people for their problems and their issues and their lack of performance. What's the difference between these two groups of people? It comes down to one important concept. One group holds themselves accountable to behave or perform at a high standard, at a high level. The other group does not. Have you ever wondered why some people appear to have high standards of accountability where others do not? Where does that come from? What can we learn from the differences between these two different groups of people? Let's dive deeper into this and see if we can identify the things that truly cultivate accountability. Accountability on a personal level is fairly simple, but the impact is profound. It's a mindset of personal ownership. It's a commitment to doing the best you can every time. It is leading yourself well with a specific standard you hold yourself accountable to. Are people born with this trait? Probably not. When we look deeper into where accountability comes from, it appears it's more from experience, from learning, from belief, belief about who the person is, who they believe they are and their place in the world, and the convictions that come out of those things. If you want to cultivate accountability in yourself and in others, we need to start with the elements that are needed to make that happen. So what are those elements? Well, let me, let me give you a list of those elements. 
Number one, expectations or goals. There has to be something to shoot for, something to hold yourself accountable to. Number two, metrics or measures. Number three, the language of accountability. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. The consequences of accountability, learning and development, the brain science of accountability, and the WIFM or the what's in it for me of accountability. This may seem a bit overwhelming at first when you listen to this list, but when you take a little time to think it through, it makes sense and becomes easier to learn and apply. So as we unpack these elements of accountability, take some time to think through how to practice these. That's an important point. If all you do is get head knowledge and never put it into practice, never activate that learning, then it never becomes something you can leverage and count on. Remember, accountability is a consistent practice. It's not some final destination. We get better and better as we do it more and more. So let's unpack the previous section and talk a little bit more about each of these areas. And let's explore them. How do we cultivate accountability using those elements? Well, let's start with expectations or goals. It is almost impossible to practice accountability without a target to shoot for. I think that just makes sense. But they need to be clear expectations and goals that bring focus to what's important and what is expected of people. The second one, metrics and or measures. Closely tied to expectations and goals are the metrics or measures that you will use to track progress. Without metrics and measures, effort can easily lose traction and go in undesired directions. People want a scoreboard to know how they're doing and where they need to focus more. How can I improve? Where am I right now? Am I going in the right direction? Am I doing enough? That's all related to metrics and measures. Then we get to the language of accountability. This is a critical component of cultivating accountability. Whether it's in your self-talk or in conversations with other people in your team or your organization, the language you use is a very powerful tool. So using language that fosters accountability accelerates the practice of accountability. So what is some of that language? Well, simply words like personal ownership, proactive efforts, providing options for solutions. Here is what I learned from my mistake. I would like to try this or that. Great job working through that challenge. I like the way you came up with fill in the blank. Let's celebrate this win together. What can we learn from that? Who else might help us with this? How can we better serve our customers, our clients, or each other? 
All of these are just a sample of the type of language that can help to cultivate accountability. Notice at the heart of this, of all of these different phrases that we have used, are practices of personal ownership. Failure is a learning process. Proactive efforts are encouraged. Come to me with options, not complaints. Those four things are at the heart of cultivating accountability. I think you can see the benefits here. And if we use the right language, especially if we're leaders, managers, supervisors, or trainers, mentors, coaches, if we use the right language, it really paves the way for accountability to accelerate in its growth within people and within teams and organization. The consequences of accountability are the next one. Accountability is almost impossible to cultivate without consequences attached to behavior or performance. And please, please, please understand that consequences can be positive or they can be punitive. Most people, and that includes me, struggle at times when I hear the word consequences. Our minds almost immediately go to the negative. So maybe we should say rewards or reprimands instead of consequences. The point here is this. Most people and organizations who struggle to cultivate accountability have not directly tied rewards and reprimands to behavior and performance. I see this happen all the time. We, we want accountability in this organization. It's one of our core values. We teach people this. We talk about it all the time. But unless you tie consequences to actions and behavior, what happens? Well, that, that's where things start to fall apart. It's kind of like that kid in the grocery store who's crying and yelling because they want something, maybe a piece of candy, and their parent keeps saying, if you do that one more time, and this is, of course, the 15th time you've heard the parents say that. Now, I'm not picking on parents. I am one of those myself, and I've probably done exactly the same thing just, just to do anything, you know, to get that, that trip over with. And I ended up getting the same results. Consequences, both positive and punitive, are absolutely critical to cultivating accountability. Please, please, please do not fall into the trap of thinking this. Well, they should know the right way to behave and perform. Why should I have to tell them? Reality check. If you're a leader, it is your responsibility to set the standards with such clarity that there is no confusion. That is, if you want to cultivate accountability and a better and more enjoyable culture can be the outcome of cultivating accountability. So the next element is learning and development. So many people and organizations do not make learning and development a priority. It is one of the first things to be cut from budgets. 
Please allow me to make a strong statement here. People are the greatest asset every organization has. A lack of development will produce a diminishing level of productivity. There is no staying the same. Our world is changing so rapidly and in so many ways that providing development and learning for people is critical for equipping and preparing them to be more resilient, agile, focused, and yes, accountable. Another element, the brain science of accountability. When large numbers of people are already dealing with significant emotional burden or emotional load, stress in their lives, unprecedented levels of uncertainty, what can you do to cultivate accountability in yourself and in others? Number one, be intentional about providing the things necessary for optimal brain function. Okay, what do I mean by that? Break that down. Okay, number one, practice empathy to yourself and to others. That's not sympathy. Sympathy is, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Empathy is, hey, I've been there. I know what it's like. What can I do to help? I mean, it is literally walking in the other person's shoes and trying to understand it from their perspective and do something about it. Create margin in your life to enhance agility and flexibility. So many of us book ourselves so tight that there is no margin in our lives. When you have no margin, all you do is further drain your energy levels and you never totally replenish them. That can only go on for so long until you reach burnout or all kinds of other related issues. What else can you do? This again, this is about getting the brain science right. Put in place support systems that will provide the necessary resources needed. Give your brain and that of others the time to process, to assimilate information. Research is pointing to something very interesting. A work rhythm of 50 minutes of focus and 10 minutes of downtime. Even better results come when it's 20 minutes of focus followed by five to seven minutes of downtime. Now that may sound counterproductive, but it is actually highly productive. And if you think about the way your brain works, if you can take short segments of focus, you know, that 15 to 20 minute time frame, really focus in on something and then walk away for a little bit, let your brain recharge because your brain needs breaks during the day to assimilate the information and input that's come in to get it in the right places and also just to recharge the energy. Some of our best ideas come when we walk away from something for a few minutes. Our brains are always working in the background. So give your brain the time it needs to operate in the best possible way. And then the next one, the with them, the what's in it for me. There's always going to be a what's in it for me attached to accountability. Whether it it's spoken of or not, it's there. But the form it takes may sometimes surprise you. 
We tend to think of the WIFM as a reward of dollars or benefits or something like that. But it might be something that is more powerful and, frankly, an even greater incentive. What are those things? A true feeling of satisfaction or accomplishment or recognition, a feeling of belonging, of adding value, of helping someone. These feelings are far more powerful motivators than money or other types of rewards like that. Those are external motivators, and they are notoriously unreliable in sustaining motivation. Think about it. The last raise you got, how long was that a real motivator for you? I'll bet it didn't last more than 30 days. Maybe it did. But I'll bet you it didn't last a long time. The external motivators are nowhere near as much of an incentive as our internal motivators, our intrinsic motivation. Understanding the power of these emotional drivers is critical to cultivating and sustaining high levels of accountability in yourself and in others. So now that we've explored some of these elements of cultivating accountability, I have a question for you. What do you want to put into practice from this? Was there anything that you learned that could help you or help someone else in the area of accountability? We have only begun the journey of understanding and cultivating accountability, and it is a journey expectations, metrics, consequences, language, learning, brain science, and the WIFM, the what's in it for me. All of these are critical components of cultivating accountability. And while there are many moving parts here, under it all is a foundation of some simple truths. What are those? Personal ownership, commitment to excellence, action orientation, and constantly and consistently learning. The application of these foundational truths are at the heart of accountability in a person, and people who practice these are leaders in their own right. Let me leave you with this. You can hold someone accountable, but you cannot make them accountable. Accountability is a choice. The leader's job is to create a culture or an environment where accountability can thrive, can grow. It is the individual's choice whether they will fully engage with this culture or environment. So where does it all start? It starts with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes as we journey together on this pathway to building a healthy organization. Also, check us out on YouTube at the same name, Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. And for additional information, feel free to visit our website, gscfit.com.